podcast. What up, y'all? Welcome back to Solversations. This is our podcast by EX. This is our space for courage, compassion, wonder. We're able to come and connect over conversations to really share in the moment, to be vulnerable, to be honest, to reflect, be in community. And um, as we do more and more of these, it becomes more and more of a such a powerful experience to see each other and to be seen and to hear each other. Um, and today's episode is one that I think just really embodies the courage piece um, and the courage, compassion, and the wonder. Uh, very much compassion and wonder as well, but um, this one's a really powerful episode to one for me to be a part of and to listen and to learn and to be witness and to experience um, as as people discover and step into and to be a part of that and to help uh, learn and and uh, and what in some ways just be a fly on the wall and learn but also to ask questions and um, learn in that space but um, on this episode we have Mary and Jenny um, who discuss a lot about coming in to their identities, you know, and this idea of, you know, I don't even want to speak on too much because we, we go in all the way to like labels and the things around coming out or learning about who we are, who we are with labels and without. So um, even in that, I don't want to label this conversation other than the exploration and the discussion with Mary and Jenny and the experience itself um, as these conversations happens is we roll with what happens. And so the mics weren't working, um, this day. So you'll hear a little bit of the audio. So if you can bear with, we cut, we cut in and out and around it. Um, but we essentially had one mic and then we did three phones, but the content of this conversation, um, super powerful, wide ranging from the idea of life, the purpose of free will living to religion, to sexuality, um, to self-discovery, understanding, finding your place, belonging, um, and having discoveries later in life about your identity. And so, um, yeah, it was a privilege to be a part of it. And big thanks, big love to Mary and Jenny for being so vulnerable. And the confidence and the and the love that you both have for yourselves really shines through. And if you know Mary and Jenny, they are literal sunshines in the community they are energetic centers that provide for others so i think you'll get a feel for that within the conversation but without further ado enjoy the conversations with mary and jenny peace so i was raised by a christian mom like yeah. really christian but also yeah. a very muslim dad yeah and prayer was like something in our family it was like a big deal like faith was a big deal in the family and for as far as i can remember i prayed for my dad to become a christian because i thought that yeah. if he becomes a christian um then like he won't be a polygamist or i mean a, yeah is it polygamist? like married to multiple yeah people? he won't yeah. be married to like multiple people and like everything i associated with islam would like leave my family yeah but that prayer has not been answered yeah. up to this point in life. And like the more I prayed about it, the more he became a staunch Muslim. Like the more I prayed, 
And so I started to question what exactly is prayer and how does it mm. work? And like, how is our understanding of prayer what we think it is? Like where you kind of are like trying to manipulate life. Yeah. And so, yeah, my views on prayer have really changed. And I, I don't think we have a clear understanding of what exactly prayer is, but that's in my opinion. Yeah. And what do you view? So what do you view it as today? And in this understanding with all that conflict of understanding, how do you view prayer now? Um, I feel like, I don't even want to use the word prayer, but I think it's very important for human beings to take time out and like reflect mm-hmm. on your day, um, reflect on what's going well, what you're thankful for, um, and basically think about where in life you want to go and like maybe have a conversation. I still believe in a higher power. I just don't think the higher power is the way we boxed yeah we, i feel we've really boxed god in such a way like we've put so much limitation on him in mm. just our own understanding as human beings and i just feel like if you can have an, a conversation about what you're going through as you know as candidly as you can yeah i feel like that's prayer like if you're really upset just yeah. let it out yeah and like i feel like that's prayer in it sense like that and do you think it's taken like in the midst of all this like learning and understanding it's taken away like the mysticism of prayer or this idea that like because for me growing up super catholic right the the idea is prayer fixes prayer prayer repairs you know prayer like if you need something you pray for it that's like very much the the standard mode of operation where yeah as i get older I, i look at prayer more as a space of devotion and reflection and uh something to think on and like find in within your soul or within your heart as opposed to i don't have i'm not equipped to handle this so i'm externally i'm externally shooting this out into the universe please fix it for me right actually totally agree with you on that like it's taken away the whole mysticism of prayer and it's more like insight in fact is this theory this is really a theory. Do not take it as facts. But I feel like who we are, I feel like we are part of God in a sense. Like we, when you're born, like your whole life is written out and you've been equipped with what you need to overcome whatever trials come your way. And like you said, it's prayer is more like going inside you know that reflection on the inside and figuring out and i I feel like we are part of that we're we're part of that whole i don't know whatever it is god or universe Mm -hmm. or whatever i feel like we orchestrate part of that so how do you how do you view now like family or or people in your life that are important to you that you trust that mean a lot to you that place that importance on the mysticism of prayer how do you how do you reconcile that or how do you work through that or how do you what's your understanding around that um, like how are you asking like how i relate with people in my life that still pray yeah well let me give you the the i should give you the context so i ask you okay because my mom is still in the same way where she's just like anything good that happens is like 
you need to pray because God can take it away at any moment. So you need to pray so that it keeps going versus, you know, my more space is like, I'm very thankful that this is happening. So let me give thanks and have that understanding, which I think in a way is kind of the same thing. But my mom is, there's a, there's a fear that my mom is operating from, I think in terms of, you know, it's, it has nothing to do with you. It's all to do. It's all to do with God's will. And it's all to do with, you know, which I, I can also like think about if you think in universe terms or you think about creator or you think about, even if I think about mathematics and the laws of science, sure. Like there are things that can be predetermined, but also this idea that it remove Yeah. I guess it just like uh, removes this like concept for me of like, well, why am I living with free will then if everything is decided for me or everything has already been made and it's all because of that, then what am I doing living? That's, that's an interesting question because I've been asking myself, how much of free will do we have as free will? Like yeah. if, if our lives are determined when we are born, how much of it is free will? And I'll come back to your question, your yeah. question about family and, 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 and people and like the prayer and that kind yeah. of stuff. But like, you know, like how, let's say someone is born into slavery. They didn't ask to yeah. be born into slavery. And then someone else is born as a prince. They didn't ask to be yeah. born in royalty. And these are two people who are living parallel lives. And it would be easy for us to say that the person that's born into slavery is cast. Yeah. And the person that's born into royalty is blessed. And mm -hmm. But then none of these people decided to be born you know, despite like whatever trials or whatever, you know, happiness they might face in their lives, none of them like have made a conscious decision to be born either as a slave or either as a prince. And the way they navigate life and maybe their limitations, especially if you're a slave, the, the limitations that you face, um, there's nothing you can do about them. There's nothing you can do about the system that you're navigating in if you've been born a slave and so i keep asking myself how much of free will is free will the, the way that we think of it as yeah. free will if you've been born as a prince and like everything is put you know at your feet and you can navigate the world you have access to so much and then you're born as a slave and you're just technically what you're doing is you you're just crushed but even with your free will, how are you going to lift yourself out of that? Like, I, I don't know, like, how much your free will yeah. is free will? Yeah, that's a question. Like, man. okay, let's say, okay, like, we're living in America. An American citizen is, like, the perfect example of, mm. I would say, freedom globally. I feel it, it's, not, it's not perfect, perfect in, in itself, but an American citizen is compared to other people like other nationalities they're like the perfect example of freedom but even as americans like the kind of life that they lead is not as free as they think it is so you mm. you wake up to pay this bill and that bill yeah. and that tax and that yeah. tax and like maybe work three four jobs to make sure that you're living a substantial life and you have like a car note and you're never really free because yeah. it essentially you're 
a slave to let's say capitalism but then you are representation of like the freedom that people crave yeah. globally so you maybe know? it's I, maybe i hearing more of this right because i could keep going down the rabbit hole right of well what's freedom in like when you and in this but maybe it is it's just the idea that there is no absolute freedom that it's it's either a mindset or a mind space or a certain spirit space or or a place that you reflect reflect or within your consciousness get to whether you are born a slave whether you are born a prince whether you are born a, a normal human being that has to work a an everyday job a menial job where it's maybe it's finding meaning is that will I, I like that finding meaning where you are I think essentially that's what we're here to do on earth is find meaning like find meaning where you are but also like i think give what you're supposed to give to the universe when you do what you're meant to do at that point in your life which might be as a slave or a prince or a woman or a man yeah i feel it's like finding because if like sometimes i think i'm like okay someone else like let's say why didn't like an indian person have the idea that let's say jeff bezos had and like why didn't their you know that idea like come from india because I think it's Jeff Bezos is supposed to do that. That's what he's meant to do on Earth, and that's what he's meant to like give to Earth. And maybe that's what you Ray are meant to do. Maybe sit behind the mic and talk mm -hmm. to people. And you, I guess it's finding that comfort in where you are. In what moments of your life have you felt the most free? Um. Oh, what moments in my life have I felt the most free? I think living away from family, I think, has been the freest I think I've ever been in my life. Because I'm not restricted by... Because I feel like, for me personally, my story, like living in the culture where I was living, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but I think I was just trying to be what everyone said I should be like follow the rules that they put in place and like be that perfect example of what success is in that place but i think moving away um gave me the opportunity to like be a bad person in quotes like break away from mm -hmm. the rules and i think that has been the freest like just making my own decisions for myself and not having to worry about who i'm hurting or anything along those lines do you think the concept? Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the concept of freedom evolves as we as we move into different chapters of our lives? And yeah, definitely. I feel like because I think as a kid, freedom was just not doing any housework and going out to play. Like that was the most. That was the ultimate. Not having to do homework and like running around outside with friends. That was freedom. But I think. Yeah, I think as we grow older, it evolves. Even with the with power, the power that you amass, like, like not not power, maybe influence. Mm -hmm. Like the more influence you have, the the more that your definition of freedom, I feel, changes. Like now, I think at the the age where I am, I feel like freedom is being able to do what I want when I want, how I want it. And who I want to do it with. Yeah. That's that's freedom for me at this age. 
It's interesting because like the material freedom and then there's like spiritual freedom right, right like right. Mm-hmm. everything you talk about is like the amount of jobs that you work or whether you're a slave or a prince or um these layers that like make us feel enslaved which are very enslaving yeah. right because of the material condition of your life but then what you, i think you, i'm hearing from you guys too is like at any moment you can access a spiritual type of freedom in whatever moment that you're in yeah and that True. sort of balance or trying to navigate that and I feel like it's not easy to get to that level. Yeah. It's not easy to get to that point where you're like, okay, I can make the best of what I am where I am. I think yeah. it takes like a lot of evolution, like mm-hmm. a lot of transformation well, to yeah, get to that point. Well, that's funny. You're just, I was just going to say, any, any of the transformational stories that we see of these figures that have become hallowed, right? Regardless of like how much it's been turned into like a fairy tale or whatever right but that at the at the at the very core of you know whether you're talking like you can be talking about mandela you know there's this like space of being on robin island where you have to release that and you have to you don't you know like you can still keep your spirit alive and your heart alive but you there is a sense of this is where i am at this is the presence of what i am and i must be in this moment in order to be able to envision something outside of this, you know, like and letting your ego go, right? Yeah, Cause yeah, because yeah, that will kill, right? If you don't accept that for like twenty plus years, you're here. You don't accept that for twenty plus years, you know. You might, yeah, you may fight and have, but then the the idea of like what became transformative for the world was that self transformation for him and that acceptance of what 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 he had to do for himself to find the freedom and that meaning in, in, in what he was doing. In that, in that wow, time. that's like that example is so profound. Like his purpose in life had to happen because he was in, like imprisoned. Like his greatest, like the greatest gift he left mankind happened when he was like isolated, like yeah. in isolation, like imprisoned and like him having to find his purpose and his transformation for years alone that yeah that's incredible last night i was at um i was in skid row at pastor q's church road church yeah and he was using the story of moses and how when moses was an egyptian right he was an egyptian at first and he saw his people being enslaved like he ends up killing like one of his own egyptian people at the time because he's so moved by the slavery that he's seeing but then that causes him to have to get banished, right, for like 40 years. Yeah. And then it was through those 40 years of like cultivating his like life as a shepherd and being in wilderness on his own right. that then God was able to use him. He was ready then to come back and actually to be like a liberator for yeah. his people. And lead his people to freedom, yeah. Pastor Q was using the parallels of like undisciplined activism using violence versus like uh, the maturity of then becoming an organizer of people and then using nonviolence mm-hmm. that he was using the story of Moses as like that sort of transformation that it took 40 years of him having to mm-hmm. be in the wilderness to like cultivate right. that understanding and and he talks a lot about like animals and how animals are really important in terms of helping humans learn how to build a relationship oh yeah mm-hmm. like dogs <laughs> it's true yeah I feel like there's something about animals I'm yet to crack it's it's like there's something about animals i just don't know but there must be something in there even if they don't talk but yeah that's a good example like him going through the the years in the wilderness before he can actually 
give that gift of leadership to yeah. to the Israelites that needed it at that time. So this, what, so if we were to make it about Mary and ask Mary this question, what, yeah. what do you think are those things inside of you that are in process, in transformation that you're, Oh man, there? it's a lot. I feel like I've just, the pandemic. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, um. Oh, real quick before you start. Could I wait for her? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you the recap. So, then we were just talking about life and meaning and then free will. What is free will? And then what is freedom? And then transformation of self and how sometimes, uh, like, finding freedom, regardless of your situation, through like inner transformation or releasing and allowing is really what. Then we use like Mandela as an example and Moses as an example of things that cultivate when you're on your own and then end up transform transforming the things outside of you. And so I just asked Mary, what are the things that are you know, that's you so transforming? Just you going through that example again and like talking about like thinking about like Mandela in isolation, Moses in isolation. And I feel like in the pandemic, which I know has affected everyone, not just myself, but I felt like I was isolated, like on my own. And for the first time, I had to deal with any hidden emotion or any hidden tra- trauma that like happened in the past that I kind of ignored because of the hustle and bustle of life just came up. Like mm-hmm. everything came up. I'm still going through the process, but like, I think the biggest transformation for me, um, happened last or maybe it's still happening it's been through the pandemic and um it's been a lot to do with like my understanding of my own personal sexuality but also like understanding sexuality globally because i don't think it's something that i would like ever sat down and like okay i'm gonna understand this because i just took what was given to me and that was the truth but um being going through this transformation which i'm still going through like a lot of things have been like um have come first of all to the forefront of my conscience but now like navigating all those and like understanding oh my god this is me that's huge transformation yeah before the pandemic were you used to being like on your own i'd never had that much time on my own with my thoughts like and because I think part of, I feel like for my, my personality, I like things to always be nice and happy. And probably I use a lot of fun and a lot of like happiness not to deal with things. So they just end up being buried. But like in the pandemic, I couldn't find a way. There's like just so much time to sit with it and to feel it and to cry through it. So yeah, that's been big. When did those, when did those just days of feeling through it, crying through it, not understanding, just kind of like staring at the wall kind of piece begin to be, begin to feel like almost layers being pulled back or become understandings or become new discoveries for you? And actually that is the funny thing. Because when, when the pandemic began, I think around March, I'd kind of like, um, I'd kind of like just said, I'm not 
I'm not doing relationships anymore. I'm not dating anybody anymore. I'm just going to be like, I'd come to that understanding that I'm going to be alone. So I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to be alone. That's fine. So I think I was sleeping and I woke up like at 2 a.m. And all these memories from the past, like suppressed memories, just tumbled down. So that initial, my initial reaction was crying, 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 and praying, praying every night with no responses. And so when that kept on happening for like four months, or it was a long time in my head anyway, I think the peeling back of layers and like sitting in it, I just knew I had to deal with it. Like the crying and like praying just wasn't helping. And so then I knew, okay, I have to face these feelings. I have to face all these things that are coming up. And so I just started by going onto YouTube to look for other people that are going through the same experience. And it's amazing. There's like a ton of people out there going through the same experience. And even then I like didn't want to accept that this was happening to me that now I was at a point where I'm questioning my sexuality do I actually really like guys or do I really like girls I didn't really want to accept it but the more I listened to different stories and different perspectives and read more the more I realized oh this is a spectrum it's not like static and so I started like I, I, I stopped feeling like I'm the only person that's falling through like the deep end. Um, yeah, I signed up for therapy as well because I knew this, like this changes how you appear in the world. It changes um, how you're going to relate with people because it's not, it's not something that's acceptable. Like you will be killed mm -hmm. for your sexuality in many parts of the world, and so, yeah. It's been a journey, still a journey, but yeah. This is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> I rarely okay. Yeah. Mary, you were so like nervous coming into this, but like you're just emitting a lot of emotional security right now, and so I just wanna I just wanna mirror that back to you. Oh, like, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It's so funny. I had a whole thing before we were gonna start where it's gonna be like. Mary, you're loved. Mary, you're good. <laughs> it's totally safe here, Mary. And Mary's just like, no, 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 like, I know, like you we went started. in, all in. Oh, yeah, sorry, I think that's, that's part of great. it. I go too deep. No, no, sorry, no too much. Yeah. No apologies. You look good too. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, or if I need to say anything else, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's... And I think... um part of why this is heavy as well because i i hadn't like how do you go through life not knowing that you actually like girls you like what the heck i'm gonna be 40 yeah i'm gonna be 40 in a sh in a couple of months or so and i had no idea like why was it so hidden from me and i and when I sit down and reflect, it wasn't so much hidden from me. I think I just wasn't armed with the knowledge to actually identify it. Because now, like, when I, I'm sitting back and, like, all these memories are, like, running through my head, I'm like, oh, my God. 
okay so this is what friendship is and this is what attraction is and this is mm. how attraction works and this is how friendship works and even like as a teenager i wish i had like proper sex education like proper education around sexuality you know sex education than i actually had it would have i mean it's in the past but like it makes navigating some of these things like yeah like easier like instead of thinking that you're broken which is what i thought i thought i was broken i'm actually not broken just different so mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree with you but i also don't i didn't know either until it came up and i'm older too so i'm just like i wish i knew when i was younger but yeah we were given the education i was surrounded by people who you know lived authentically themselves but you don't experience it for yourself until you start feeling differently or you are attracted to someone of the same gender or um sex and yeah for me like you know my parents are traditional vietnamese and i don't know if that's accepted and i i always thought like I'm I'm so open to everyone, you know, living authentically and loving who they love, but that's not me because I I I have like been intimate with a girl, like I've kissed a girl before. Right. And I didn't feel anything and this was back in um college and I was just like, "Oh, well, I didn't feel anything, so that's how I know that I don't like girls," you know. And that's something that I've always like thought of myself up to this point I was like no I've kissed a girl before and like nothing I didn't feel anything I feel differently with guys but then this is so much different when I had these feelings and yeah I have a question for you so the time that you kissed a girl in college was it because you already had a question at the back of your mind or was it just in the moment I, it was actually like a dare, <laughs> but but I think for me, I've, I guess I've always like wondered, like, hmm, I wonder if I, if I only like guys, but I've never like really explored that, you know, I was like, no, I know I like guys, right? That, that was like the one thing that I knew. I was like, I like guys, but then I was like, I wonder if I like girls, but I'm not attracted to them in that way. And I, there's never been anyone that made me feel that way that I felt about, like, a person that I felt at the time. So I never had that opportunity, I guess, to explore. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I, like, never gave myself that opportunity to explore because subconscious, subconsciously I was like, oh, no, I, I don't like women, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's some, something that I'm still unpacking, like, like how yeah. you were telling me where there were clues, like, in your childhood where you're like, looking back right yeah. so now i'm looking back and thinking were there moments where i felt like i could have explored something or explored myself a little bit more yeah. so still unpacking that. yeah i'm also still unpacking i definitely think there are clues like i've always been uh i've always been one of these people that's so passionate about women's rights not that all people that I, you know, same gender relationships or whatever are passionate, but I've like had that deep 
like the deep drive like why and women treated equally and mm -hmm. stuff like that that it's always been there or things like oh and i remember that i was dating a guy and he told me that i dress up for him like and i was like no <laughs> when i wake up in the morning i, I am dressing for up for myself <laughs> But, you know, that's gender packaging, you know, the way males are raised to think that, you know, women exist yeah. for them and stuff like that. But, like, looking back, I can see, I would question the way, like, gender roles were, at, were in society and, like, the expectations for girls and the expectations for boys. And maybe I always knew I would have, like, these intense friendships with girls as well. But mm. it was a friendship. I wasn't thinking yeah. anything about it. I know. I think that's something that I always felt. I'm like, oh, I get along so well with, like, girls. And it just, there's, like, a, an emotional, like, connection that you have, like, with mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. that I feel very comfortable with. But I always thought that was just, like, a really good friendship. Yeah. Now, I know. <laughs> yeah now i know that it wasn't but i'm also like still discovering and, and i think that's the thing about sexuality is is it it's i don't think it's static i think there's like two very extreme ends there's the extreme where you're like heterosexual you're like one gender relationship and then right then no two like opposite whatever and then there's the other extreme where you're like a homosexual but i think most people lie yeah on the spectrum yeah most people lie on the spectrum and, and we're learning and and this for me this is so empowering because uh, i was raised in a culture where like homosexuality is a sin i mm -hmm. never used to think about it honestly where you can lose your life you can yeah. you can actually get killed and so um, I, I feel like understanding that a lot of research has happened, I think, over the past 20 years, like from when I was a teenager or growing up. And like I can now listen to some of these things and I'm like, oh, my God, there's research that backs this up or there's research that backs it up. And I've now been listening a lot to people's experiences where they, they're like transsexuals because that's a whole different experience yeah. but because of what i've gone through and knowing that i had no choice in this it it's made me like way more compassionate because i know like there's a battle yeah there's an it, internal yeah, battle, an internal battle mm -hmm. because you've been taught one thing by society and and you've internalized that but then your inside does not align yeah with what what you've been taught and, and that's very it's very tough and i think i guess that's why many of us cry and pray that gain and so away like every single night but it doesn't go away because that's you yeah because it's you and and there's nothing wrong with you mm -hmm. um but also a lot of us i think struggle with internalized homophobia yeah. against ourselves yeah um which is really um yeah, if you've been conditioned your whole life to think one way and you're being challenged by that and it's from you, then of course you're going to internalize that because then you're thinking you're wrong and, you know, you're, you have to come to terms with like 
these changes. It's mm-hmm. harder for us to accept change when we're adults or older. Right. Um, but, you know, I think when you're at a place where you're so, your heart is so open though, and that you do have self-love, mm-hmm. that's when you can finally reach a place of acceptance because I think that's where you have to be in order to accept something that's so new, you know, that you haven't known in over 30 years, right? right? Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot to get there. But it all starts with the individual and Mm self-love, really. Mm -hmm. Because you, I mean, you were alone in this journey when it happened, when you were realizing it. And how you handled that and how you got, like, got through the the challenges internally was because you had respect for yourself and love for yourself. You know, I think that was like your foundation in like really being able to speak to that truly and authentically and loving yourself for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. And I think honestly, going through this, like at a later stage in life, it just makes me think about life in general everything is interconnected mm-hmm. it's not accidental because like even before this realization where i'm like questioning my sexuality there was like a whole other season in my life where i was questioning things i'd been told like why is society like this why you know mm-hmm. why are these people suffering and yeah. um I think it's all interconnected and like before you get to that phase where you're supposed to deal with whatever it is that you're supposed to deal with in that life there's like preparation for you before that like you've yeah. you know gone through some whatever metamorphosis metamorphosis it is that lines you to that place where you're now yes. equipped enough because if I hadn't gone through that there's no I don't think I would have survived last year yeah. if I hadn't gone through what had happened like past four years like that whole transformation so everything's interconnected yeah it gets us to where we're supposed to be completely you know so so you're saying like pandemic was one of the big levers for you and i mean it created the perfect environment do you do you all think that if conditions were different that there could be uh, even longer time before you came to these things or do you think it was always something within you that was going to find its way or is it was it conditions that were in the world or was it a combination of that plus this what's inside of you is like I'm I'm here like hear me like feel me mine was different because mine was before the pandemic <laughs> so yeah. yeah my situation happened like right before but when I spoke to like being accepting of yourself was because I went through a really hard year in 2019. And then to be able to grow and like really work on yourself internally, that brought me to a place where my heart was open. Mm -hmm. And I think that led to me loving myself in the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really like pushing forward and growing and, And that was just like not being because I think I struggled with like codependency on people, on friend groups, on um, organizations or work, you know, Mm -hmm. just a lot of codependency themes in my life. But 
like the beginning of 2020, I felt like I was finally, like finally getting there where I'm like, okay, I can walk independently, you know, and learn about myself and grow. And I was getting active again because I think I stopped being active, gained so much weight and just like unhealthy mentally, emotionally and um, physically. But the beginning of 2020 was where I started to shift in all of that. And that really helped me and it helped my heart get to a place of like fully knowing what I need and want. Because this was so, so unexpected. It like came out of nowhere, like how, how you, and it's for me, it was because of how I feel for someone else. I was like, oh my gosh, like, where is this coming from? And in the beginning, I kept it to myself, you know? I was just like, what the heck? Like, I've never liked a girl before, but I can't stop thinking about this girl. And I sat with that for myself for really, for a little bit, but I couldn't take it anymore because I was writing a lot. I was running. I was just doing all these things to, like, try to figure out what it was. But one thing I knew was I knew what this feeling was, and I didn't want to ignore it. Because I was in a place where I loved myself enough to be able to say like, hey, this is something new and different, you know, that you didn't mm-hmm. know your whole life, but let's explore that a little bit more. And and then that's when I decided to reach out to a friend and confide in a friend. But it's, yeah, in the beginning, you're like, you have to sit with yourself because you're like, what do I do with this information? Like, do I keep it a secret? Do I... I'm so old. I don't know anything about queer culture. Like the, all of these things, like what am I labeling myself? You know, like all of these things just came, came to my mind. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Janie. Um, for me, I can't, I, I won't say that the pandemic was like the catalyst, but it did provide an amazing backdrop for the transformation that has happened mm. in my life. I think it would have happened whether I wanted it or not at the point that it did. But the, the pandemic was amazing because it gave me the time to actually sit with a lot of the emotions. And I feel like who we are on the inside always comes up however much you stamp it down. Because I remember when I was about 29, there was an incident where this girl, like, yeah, there was like all kinds of, uh, yeah, emotions or whatever. But I honestly, I ignored it because that's not what I understood as love. But I did actually go online and google what are the signs of someone who's gay Mm -hmm. and what i found out was like it's normal for girls to have girl crushes so i was like oh it's just a girl crush i'm good (laughs) but so i feel like i was able to stamp it down then and ignore it but it still would have found me and it did and i think it Mm -hmm. came at the right time when i had the time to sink and sit with it and explore it further yeah, the pandemic really helped you explore it yeah. even deeper. Yeah. Yeah, because that helped me a lot. Absolutely. I watched all the shows, all the YouTube videos to figure out every little piece of what it meant to be. Every podcast. Yeah. Every movie. Yeah. There's actually not enough 
representation of queer culture in the media or positive um, queer representation in the media. Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of the movies, you know, they're written by straight people for straight people. Yeah. But on YouTube, you find authentic representation of queer culture because these are just YouTubers that are giving mm -hmm. us their everyday life, like normal people, not toxic or anything. And, um, yeah. and so they're I'm, just sharing their own experiences yeah. too. Yeah, their own experiences. And it's so funny. Um, a lot of, like I landed on a Reddit thread that was led to lesbian or either led to lesbian or lesbian in your 30, whatever it is. And the stories were so similar to what I was going through. Some of the people have been like married, walking away from their marriages and stuff like that. And I'm like, what the heck? Mm. This is, this is crazy. And like also looking at these YouTubers that I, at, at the exact time that I was struggling with my sexuality is the exact time they were, they were, running episodes about what they were going through so that was a fun it see. was like in real time yeah right? in real time it was a fun thing to see yeah yeah was, was, was that, that also like, like so when you're talking about like the internal struggle or like discovering is there also like a a shedding of what was but then also like a finding of a community and like a new discovery and like oh there's so many more people there is there's more of my people or like i see myself in these things is there what is that process like to, to discover that and find a whole community or population of you? I, I don't feel I have found a tangible mm -hmm. community. I'm thankful yeah. that I, I came across Jenny. And, and <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, I'm not alone. Tangible community, I don't feel I have found that. But like virtual community, mm -hmm. that is so helpful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why those YouTubers have a lot of views. And like sometimes yeah. if you go on TikTok or Reels on Instagram, this young generation, the Gen Zs, they're so hilarious. Yeah. And like, but just seeing like their memes or whatever they're doing and like you're seeing it's so relatable for you as a queer person, you're like, wow, yeah. you know, I'm so glad that there's more knowledge around this, but I'm also glad that I can find or identify with people that exist as I exist in the world, even if it's just virtually. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's really, I'm thankful for the virtual social media, whatever that is. Yeah, I don't think I found a community yet either. Mm -hmm. I think in the beginning, like, I felt pretty alone because I was like, well, the community that I have right now, like, yeah, I'll open up. But there was no one to really talk about exactly what you go through because I didn't know anyone who had that. Like, I've. I have some friends who have known that they're gay, but it's different than like finding out when you're a lot older. Mm -hmm. So then that's when I would, yeah, turn to YouTube or like watching shows. Uh, I think watching shows and watching YouTube videos and hearing like real life experiences from other people made me more comfortable, even though I didn't have, like you said, a tangible community. And plus at that time we were like stuck indoors, right? So I couldn't see people anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's where like everything was like online and like gay TikTok, lesbian TikTok. I was like, wow, I'm on this a lot. <laughs> like I end up coming here a lot. And then you see, you see that and then you start relating to that and you're like, okay, there are other people, even though I don't have anyone right now, at least this is an outlet or like, you know, a, a virtual community that you can connect with, even though it's not 
um, like reciprocal, yeah. you know, but the, the moment you reached out to me, which wasn't even that long ago, yeah, I, I felt like a sense of relief just to talk mm-hmm. through, yeah. just talk through our experiences together and out loud yeah. and realizing that we did the same exact thing yeah. like on this journey, but like as individuals and alone, you know, but and I yeah. feel like, you, you know, I'm thankful for Jenny and, you know, whichever other people in my life that are very accepting of, of like who we are or, of, or of how we appear in the world and the place that we take up in the world. But I still know there's a hurdle mm-hmm. of like my family mm-hmm. who are like extremely conservative and probably don't even have an understanding of, of, of what sexuality is. I, I don't even want to cross, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, um, straight right now. I think my, my, my sister's partner is homophobic as well. Mm. So that's like a hurdle in itself. Um, yeah. but yeah, community yeah. is amazing. I know even my mom is accepting as she is when I told her, cause she was the first person I wanted to tell. She was like, well, I don't, I don't understand it. I accept you, but I don't understand it. And that was kind of like, uh, and then you like feel like if, if I was dating a guy, she would be asking me about him all the time. Or like, you know, when I visited her, she would ask, but she didn't ask at all about the girl. And that made me kind of sad because I was like, ah, but then I would kind of, you know, tell her, like, let's watch this movie. And it's an LGBTQ like movie to show that there are families like this, you know, and like more and more, I think she's accepting of it. Um, but yeah, like family is another hurdle because yeah. with my dad, I've thought so many times I want to bring it up, but I haven't yet. And I'm like, why am I not bringing it up to my dad when I don't care? Like who knows anymore? But even then, like, there are certain friends that I haven't told either. But I think about that, too. I'm like, do I have to tell my friends? Like, do I have to come out, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, where does that... Yeah, I think I've been going back and forth on that. Like, do I have a label for myself? Or do I know? What am I going to tell people? Do I have to tell friends? Yeah. Is it my responsibility to tell friends that I've known my whole life, but this is just a different part of me? Or... Yeah, those are the things that I still, to this day, like, think about, you know? Yeah. And, like, listening to other people's experiences, it's like you come out for the rest of your life because the the the, the default setting for society yeah. is being heterosexual. Yeah. So, um, it's like, it, it does give me anxiety. Um, like, I know that I don't, naturally, I'm a person who doesn't, who gives zero chills <laughs> about what people think and i'm also glad for that part of my life like i've been independent most of my adult life i've never had to rely on anyone so not that anything will be taken away from me but just i get anxiety from thinking about okay how am i gonna show up you know with my fam- for my family and all um yeah. i mean my sister was very very accepting she's like an angel but i don't know i guess we'll cross the bridge when we get there there. 
Yeah. But it's liberating. It's for me, it's I feel okay. If any of you has been raised as a Christian or in any religious um you know background or whatever, it like it's so liberating to know that you can be who like I feel happy that I I've accepted the fact that I do get attracted to women and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm. But when you're a Christian, it's like you're very con- like it's like something is hammering you into like a little yeah. box and locking you in. It's very constrict constricting, I would say, and you don't live authentically. Mm. And so I feel really like I'm just myself and yeah. and also understanding that like what we understand as gender in society is really a construct because as human beings um when you're born you can express both um your masculine energy and your feminine energy and it exists in you and one complements the other Mm -hmm. and different people have like different levels of what that masculine expression is or what that feminine expression is and for a long time i would like push down for as long as i can remember i've always been pushing down my masculine expression like Mm. you know i try try to be like i try not to be too aggressive even when i know that's what i want to be or I enjoyed growing up. I really enjoyed putting on like buggy stuff. It's very comfortable. Men's clothes are comfortable. <laughs> Women's clothes are. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and men's shoes are very comfortable. But like, yeah, there's like a lot of stigma around that. So I like tried my best to like be as feminine as I could be. But it wasn't like. Mm. But now, if I want to put on a dress, I'm gonna put on a dress and I'm gonna feel happy about it because that's what I want to do then. But also if I want to put on like some yeah. shoe and some trousers and like a buggy t-shirt or whatever or cut my hair, I'm also comfortable doing that because I'm not like restricting myself. And so being able to express whatever energy is, mm-hmm. um, is kind of liberating and understanding that what we know in society is actually really just a construct. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's another liberating. thing too. Like yeah. when I was, thinking about that too i was like well if i'm in a you know um a relationship with another girl would she be the more masculine like and these are questions that i ask or would i be the more masculine one and but that was also something that i had to catch myself like why can't there be both like why does it matter like that that was my conditioning of thinking that one has to be masculine and one has to be more feminine right and and i think yeah, watching more YouTube videos, you're like, no, there, there's just a, a spectrum and a mix of everyone. And so that like got me down a path of thinking about labels because I, I think in the beginning I was like, okay, there are certain people I'm going to tell um, and what I'm going to say is that I'm bisexual because I know that I like both. But then now thinking about it, I'm like, why did I have to put a label um, to tell my friends? And it was just me thinking like, I wanted it I wanted to be able to explain like what questions they would ask. Like I wanted it to make it easier for other people to understand me. Mm. Where it shouldn't be that way. Like mm. we shouldn't have that pressure to have to make it easier for other people to understand who we are or who we like or who we love or who we're attracted to, you know, and 
that that's a whole nother thing for me too because I'm like well I know I like guys and girls but then I don't know maybe I like trans too or non-binary and what are the terms for that right right? Right. so then yeah Mm -hmm. like labels is a whole different thing too and that's like something that I'm I've been thinking about but don't know too much about or haven't had conversations about but that's like what I'm going through in my mind yeah you know labels are crazy i i don't know who i am i won't lie so well if you're talking about labels then we don't know who we are but we know who we are yeah we know who we love we know who we are yeah we know who we love we know who we're attracted to but when it comes to labels i don't know what label to to put out there is that that in terms of what what other people's labels are like if you were to just be speaking to yourself would you be able to that understanding is clear, right? Like for me, I am this, I am this, or is even that a process of I think it's a process finding out. Like, okay, the labels make it so hard. Like why should they exist? Why should there be a label on someone's sexuality? But Mm -hmm. that's the world that we live in, labels Mm -hmm. everything, because Mm -hmm. it's easier to understand when something is labeled. But when you're going through the process, it's not as straightforward as that. Like I think for many people, you the first and clearest um, experience that you go through is the questioning phase. Like you, you know, okay, because you want to make it, because I want to make it easier for Jenny. I'm gonna tell her that I'm bi, but even you in your own, like you're still transforming. You're, you're yeah. still exploring. You're and, still and, learning about yeah, yourself. Yeah, learning about too. yourself and like, but people. But the world wants you to put a label or like um, maybe I'm a lesbian or like, um, um, you know, gay or whatever. But it's not as straightforward as that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, labels are just a problem right yeah. now. It's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Thank you for this is so illuminating. I'm learning so much. Thank you for taking all my stupid questions. I'm like, ah. Uh... <laughs> But no really question the, is stupid. Yeah, yeah, but the the man, it makes me just. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. And I was just gonna say, I I don't know who's gonna listen to this, but if if you're listening and maybe you have maybe a friend or maybe you have a family member that probably identifies as part of the queer community, what they need more from you is love and acceptance than anything else. Mm-hmm. because it it's like you can't choose to be queer like the kind of hurdles that queer people have to go through it's insane yeah you know i've been reading about the bills that have been like people are trying to yeah. pass all the time like denying people medical care why would you deny someone medical care because they feel like they're a girl like what's wrong with that mm-hmm. but anyway just like if you're listening to this I'm yourself with education. Learn about stuff. Because I feel like what stops us from learning stuff, especially people who are raised like in religious settings, mm-hmm. is because religion um, uses fear to, yeah. to keep people in place. And so anything that you don't understand, they're going to use fear against that. So people don't try to arm themselves with knowledge. But just like, you're going to go to hell or you're evil or stuff mm-hmm. like that and someone's not even trying to understand okay why would this person like be reacting this way like what what can i find out about this 
like what can I learn mm-hmm. because the science is there and the science is repeated um, experiments repeated observations and I think that's why we we know the things we know today because the people that came before us were always observing and you know writing yeah. down what they were observing but anyway that's that's what I want to say yeah even more than like knowledge I feel like a, a relationship with someone being in relationship with someone is the most powerful because as I just hear you speaking right now what comes up most for me is just the fact that Mary and Jenny have this battle that they're going through internally yeah. and it's clearly like a challenging thing that you're experiencing and so uh, above any sort of like belief or opinion that's coming from my mind like it's more accessing the heart of like oh like I love you so like I put all those things aside and I just see that you're going through a hard time and so I'm here to love you and accept you as you are you know like I hope that that's like the I don't know you know like thank you for giving voice to like your experience right now because I think we live in such a heady world you know, and everyone's mm-hmm. coming with the mind, but like, mm-hmm. where's the compassion? Yeah. Where's the love? Mm-hmm. And that and compassion for yourself, too. I think that, like, yeah, for people listening, and if they, if I can say anything, it's to really listen truly to your heart. Like, the, the friend that I reached out to, he gave such wise words that made me feel comfortable. He said, you know, more people should listen to their hearts more. I think where you're at is exactly where you need to be. And you just need to follow, follow what you're feeling, you know. And I think that like gave me the courage in the beginning to just kind of be okay with telling more people or like being in it more, you know, because I knew I like knew I was accepting of myself. But yeah, just listening to your heart more. And giving yourself that compassion and love to, to follow that. Cause yeah, you can you can know inside, and then you can also choose to not, like you said, you can choose to hide it. Yeah. Right. And, and living that. Yeah. That's a sad place to be, though. It's but so sad. It's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what's coming up though. Is like is to what Uni is referring. Like, if you're listening, I'm sure you're. It's it's really like palpable the, the internal thing that you're dealing with but it's amazing because i was asking earlier right i was like what was it what were the conditions that created the conditions that were created that were Mm self-love and the acceptance of self that ultimately goes back to the beginning of the conversation which is like how we transform ourselves and how we come to peace with things or how we come to acceptance with things is that transformation through self-love and the support of communities or the people that are around us that love us but ultimately yeah both of you I, i listen and i'm like oh you two are deep and deep self-love and deep acceptance and allows you to navigate so much so thank you so much for sharing that yo welcome it's been amazing oh just if you guys don't know yikes um yikes is like a place that helps you be um um i i feel like even talking to you and having this conversation with you i feel like what you give people is the opportunity to be and that's powerful mm-hmm. if someone can be themselves and and like explore who they are and find their hidden talents and potential it's yeah. amazing so thank you <laughs> thank you for helping build yeah. that culture yeah. thank you for, yeah you don't know the culture that's the that's the con- breaking the constructs those systems yeah, yeah. we ain't got no system people here <laughs> <laughs> 
We're reimagining new systems. Yeah. 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 Podcast.